Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Father. Seriously, Matthew uh, 13, 16, we have ears to hear, Lord. And John 12, 40, we have hearts to understand. Lord, when you speak to us, we, we're not just hearing your words, but we want to understand. So James 1.22, we can be doers of your word, not just people who hear and walk away unchanged. I believe, Lord, 1 Timothy 4.1, in these last days, you're speaking clearly. Would you speak clearly to our heart today? Let us hear only the words of Jesus. And we give you praise in the name of our Lord Jesus. If you agree, would you just say amen? amen. Real quick, our team is going to just help us review. Let's look at Psalm 78. This will be the last time we look at this scripture in context here. Psalm 78 and verse 6. We're talking about being a generation adjuster. Would you just look at your neighbor and just tell them you can make a difference for the Lord? Just tell them you can make a difference for the Lord. Thank God for pastors. Thank God for preachers. Thank God for church leaders and church workers. But I believe that the hope of the world is in the local church. I believe the hope of the world is sitting in these seats. It's not just the guy or lady with a microphone. The hope of the world is the local church. And we are the local church, the body of Christ. And we live in a generation that needs adjusting. More and more, I'm aware. Tyler and Brooke do such a great job, and, and Ellie on our college campuses. And Matt and Jackie do such a great job on our college campuses. But they will tell you that that we must actively, please hear these words, we must actively pursue the next generation or they will not know God like we know them. I must actively pursue the generation of my children or they will not know the Lord in such a way that I know the Lord. And I'm not going to take a chance on it. I'm not going to take a chance that my children just bump into Jesus. I'm going to expose them to Him at every level. My little daughter's four years old, Lillian, such a sweet little, she's a little pistol. Can I have an amen out there? She is in a neat little phase of life, and we've been resisting this uh, child plague that's been going around all week that closed schools, and, and how many of you have heard of the child plague that's going around? Joseph has had it. Many of you have had it. We've been resisting it, and thank God that the Lord has helped us, and we'll fight it for a day, and we'll, we'll get better. And, but we, we put on uh, the TV. There's a YouTube video of a pastor named John Hagee, and he reads healing scriptures, and he just reads them in a real big, boisterous, anointed voice, and he's got music behind it. I mean, you can't go wrong. And so we've been playing that all week. It's just been playing in the background, just hearing the word. I mean, no, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come from having heard. Well, I've heard that. Faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So we needed faith. So we were hearing and listening and hearing. And Lillian was resisting this, this, uh, this child plague sickness that was going around. And so she's laying on the couch and she's propped up and she's all tucked in with her little blanket and she's laying there and she's asked for a uh, uh, an ice pack, which I don't know. She's like, I need one. I need an ice pack. You know, she's so dramatic. And then she said, and I need the healing scriptures. <laughs> so we got the iPad out, turned it on, and she's laying there with her ice pack and the healing scriptures in the background. And I was one happy daddy. I was one happy daddy because at four years old, she knows mom and daddy can't help me, but the healing scriptures can. And it was awesome. We laughed about it. We joked about it. But on the inside, I was like, yes, that's a win. Because we need God's word. We need a generation to be adjusted. The Bible says in Psalm 78, 6, we're doing these things so that the next generation would know them, the statutes of God, even the children yet to be born. 
You see, we live our life in a vacuum, in a bubble. We think about tomorrow. We think about today. We think about what we see. But the the walk with God that we have today is for the children not yet born. I think about our founding pastor all those years ago, 30 years ago. He's went on to be the Lord, Pastor Burl Cavan. Many of you know him. Many of you don't. It's Mary's father. When he planted this church many years ago, he didn't know my my kids were going to be blessed by it. But he planted the church for the children not yet born. Our walk with God today is not just for us and our family. It's for the generation not yet born. So that they would in turn tell their children. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 boldly says that they would put their trust in God. And they would not forget his deeds, but they would keep his commands. We begin to give you some gems to being a generation adjuster. We gave you four of them. And you'll see them on the screen. Number one is give yourself wholly to the Lord. We walked through that as a body for 21 days of consecration, prayer and fasting. Give yourself wholly to the Lord. God doesn't just want a part of your life. He wants all of your life. What could God do with someone who is totally committed and sold out to him and his purpose? Number two, we talked about getting closer to God. And we do that through prayer and fasting and fellowship and relationships. We, we draw near to God and he draws near to us. Any step you take towards God, he takes a step towards you. He takes a step towards you. When you make an action to move towards the things of God, God always makes an action to move towards you. And then number three, we talked about going where he sends you. Mentally in your mind, you have to be willing to say yes. We talked about Isaiah today. The prophet Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. The apostle Paul said, my life is worth nothing if I do not finish the course. We must be willing mentally to go where God calls us and sends us. It might be across the hallway at your job. It might be to that neighbor that you see when you take out your trash and you wave, and, but you never have that interaction. It might be to a family member who's far away from God. It might be to Africa. It might be from Africa to America, in Meshach's case. He had to be willing to go. Of course, when you got a wife in America, it makes it a little easier, I guess, right? It, it dampens the pain a little bit. But we have to be willing to say yes. And then we've been talking the last few weeks about being a generous person. Give your life. Be extravagantly generous. And let's just give you a few of our grounds to sow generosity in. It's not just about money. Would you tell your neighbor, say, a generous life is not just about money. Tell them, a generous life is not just about money. Because when we have a generous life, it attracts the blessings in favor of God. When we have a stingy, greedy life, it repels the blessings in favor of God. Number one, we can be generous with our words. We can be generous in life giving words. We can speak encouragement. Number two, the second ground that we can sow generosity in, take a look at the next one, is mercy and forgiveness. We can sow mercy and sow forgiveness into those around us. Number three, we talked about this last week, serving the church body. We can be generous in the way that we serve. The greatest among you is the greatest servant. The greatest among you is not the most talented, not the best looking. How many know I'm glad for all of that? The greatest among you is not the strongest. I mean, no, I'd be disqualified. The greatest among you is the greatest servant. If I can teach my children anything, two things about walking with God, be generous and be a servant. That's really my, my goal is in life is to teach my children, love God with all your heart, love people with all of God's heart, be generous. I love it when my children are generous and when they do extravagant things with, with generosity, it blesses me as a father. I agree with John in the Bible. He said, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. And that applies to spiritual children and natural children. I love to see my children serving. They're they're a little more generous than they are 
a servant and we're working on it. We still have to kind of coach them along on, on serving, but we're getting there. You can sow into the body of Christ by serving. Number four, we're going to jump in today and land this plane. You can be generous in your time and your talents. You can be generous in your time and your talents. This is going to really help you in a major way today. How many of you have 24 hours in every day? Let me see your hand. Okay, okay. It should be 100%, right? How many of you like to sleep about 12 to 14 of those hours every day? Yeah, a few honest people in this. How many of you are lucky if you sleep four hours out of those 24 hours? Okay, yeah. Just trying to locate us today. See where we are. Locate us. You have time and you have a talent. You have something to give to the Lord. When you walk out of this door today, I want your heart so inflated that I have time to give to the Lord and I have some kind of talent to give to the Lord. You have a gift. God needs the tools that are in your tool belt. Kerry is a craftsman. He's a handyman. He, he has things set up in his garage and he knows where his wrenches are and his tools. And would it be hard to do your work if you didn't have the right tools? I, I went to change my brakes one time. First time and only time probably I will ever change my own brakes. I thought I can do this and got on YouTube. And hey, you know, it takes them 15 minutes on YouTube, but they skip past all the mistakes that they've made. So I was like, yeah, it's a 15-minute job. That means I can do it in 30 minutes, you know. Six hours later, I'm covered in grease, and I'm like, you know, close to cussing. I'm not cussing, but I'm close to cussing. And if we're just honest, you know, I'm thinking them in my head. I'm just not letting them come out. And, man, we're just, it's just not. And I, 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 I you, am I the only one that thinks cuss words from time to time? All right. Don't say them, please, you know. And then I, then I pinch my ear. You shouldn't do that, you know, praise God. They're, everybody's leaving now. They're like, I'm not going to. But six hours later, I'm having all this trouble and all these problems. So I call my father. I humble myself and call my dad. And I was like, please help me, father. Please help me, dad. I'm stuck. And I've been messing with it. And he said, do you have this little tool, this little doodad little tool? I was like, no. <laughs> YouTube didn't say anything about this. Made a trip down to AutoZone. And what I had struggled with for hours took literally just a few minutes with the right tool. I remember Pastor Cavett used to tell me, he would be here working, he'd say, he'd say, you can do anything if you've got the right tools. That's what he would say. I remember that. My grandfather taught me that. You can, you can do anything if you have the right tools. God in his local church has different tools, and he needs you to be there. He needs you to be available. Sometimes he needs a screwdriver. Sometimes he needs a hammer. Sometimes he needs a saw. Some of you feel that calling in the body of Christ like you're the sledgehammer. You just come in and bust everything up. And, Sometimes he needs a, a, a towel to polish things and makes things clean and shiny. God needs you. You have a talent and you have a treasure to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Let's look at some scriptures this morning. Romans chapter 12. We're going to walk through some scriptures. It says, in his grace. Now, what is grace? Grace is not just the forgiveness of sins. Grace is the power to do what you're called to do. Grace is the power to do what you are called to do. In His grace, God has given us different gifts to do certain things well. There are certain things Pastor Michael does well that I don't do so well. Certain things Pastor Rick does well that I don't do well. There are certain things like tell really funny jokes that I do well that neither one of them do as well at, if we're you know honest this morning. There are certain things that we all have that we do well. The, the enemy lies to you, if you could just look at my eyes for just a minute. The enemy lies to you and says, you can't do anything well. Or in East Tennessee, you can't do anything good. You can't do anything right. You don't, you're not needed. This, this little thing you do is not 
needed notice this god's given us gifts to do certain things well so if god has given you the ability to prophesy speak out with as much faith as god has given you now how many think prophecy and faith are spiritual gifts let's try that again how many you think prophecy you can't just do it on your own right how many think you need the the power of the holy spirit to prophesy if you don't know anything about the holy spirit prophecy just raise your hand because that the answer is true we need the Holy Spirit to prophesy. Look at the next one. Here we go. Ready? Number seven. If your gift is serving. Do you know in the Bible, in Acts chapter, I believe it's six and seven, when they chose men to serve, the qualification was not availability. It's that they were full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. The, ch- the problem churches make is we just like warm bodies and we'll put anybody in a warm body. You want to do this? And hey, you got a pulse? We'll throw you back in kids' church. And I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you ever, you, you ever, you're, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You think you're going to the bathroom and you wind up teaching nursery. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I'm just going to hold it next time. I'm not going to go to the bathroom. But the qualifications in the Bible for people to serve where they were full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because just like prophecies, it requires the Holy Spirit serving in the body with your time and talent requires the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a teacher, teach well. You can tell Paul was another Southerner because he said, teach good. If he was, he wasn't a Southerner. Except one time he did say, I came from afar. So that was, you know, who knows where Paul was from? Look at number eight, verse eight. If your gift is to encourage others, and man, I love that one. You guys think I'm just up here blowing smoke, but it is a gift. I can tell you, I have the gift of encouraging others. Sometimes I encourage people to do better, praise God. Other times we just encourage people. If you've got the gift of encouraging, then encourage. If it's giving, give generously. You know, there are people that have a grace to give. Some people, it's like, you're, you come to church and your wallet is like zipped up, tied up. You put bungee cords around it. Man, dear Jesus couldn't even get in there if he needed to. And then some people come to church with their open wallet, open, ready to go. Can't wait for the offering. Man, I'm telling you what, I can't wait for the offering. I love the offering time. Because I get to sit up here and look who's giving and who's putting in. And I, no, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. But I really honestly, like one other than... Preaching in my jokes, one of the favorite things about church for me is offering time. It is. I love it. But if, you're, if your grace is giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take it seriously. If God, notice this, you, you did not get leadership capacity from your college. You did not get leadership capacity from your training. It sharpens you. It hones you in. But God gave you that ability. Take it serious. You can do something for the Lord if you have a gift of showing kindness. Well, I, I don't have any spiritual gifts. I, you know, I think of my friend back here, Joseph King, who I love. Come on, can we encourage Joseph? Man, I love Joseph King. You know what? He has the ability to show kindness. It says if God gave you the ability to show kindness, well, I, I want a big gift like prophecy or I want a big gift like preaching. I want a big gift like miracles. He listed serving, hospitality, and kindness in the same list. They're all the same to God. The people that are serving in the nursery today get the same fruit that I get by preaching the message. Because we can give our time and our talent and our treasure to the Lord. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love each other. Somebody, come on. But really love them. Hate what is wrong. Man, we could preach on that forever. The church has lost. Notice this here. Notice the sequence. 
love, then hate what's wrong. The, the church has it backwards. We're wanting to hate what's wrong, but we're not wanting to really love others first. And when you really love others first, then you can take an honest, righteous stand about hating what is wrong, but you've loved first. Does that make sense? Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Look at verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight. Man, I love this scripture for my kids. We talk about this at home. We talk through these things. Take delight in honoring each other. You know, I can honor you and celebrate you. And while we even let other pastors uh, preach and teach, and I have no problem letting people share and get involved in ministry because it is a delight for me to honor you. What does honor mean? To show value. To show honor. Put first. Love verse 11. Never be lazy. If you have teenagers in the house, put that scripture right on the door. Never be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Peter says the same thing. Let's look at Peter's list. It's the same thing. First Peter chapter 4. He echoes what Paul wrote here in Romans. He said, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Let's look around the room. Look around the room. You know what you see? A variety of spiritual gifts. That's the body. It says, use them well to serve one another. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as though God is speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with strength and energy God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. That's why we focus on as a family and as a church family, Genesis 12 too, we're blessed to be a blessing. The things I'm blessed with, leadership qualities or uh, speaking abilities, it's it's not just for my own benefit. We are blessed to be a blessing. We have to make the most of our time and our talents. How many know we can never get back wasted time? How many of you have some wasted time that you wish you could get back? I look back and I'm like, man, I've wasted some time. Let me help you. You cannot get back wasted time, but you can redeem it. You can buy it back. Look at Ephesians 5.16. I love the way this gives us hope for those of us, including me, who have wasted time. It says, make the most of your time. Redeem the time. Buy it back because the days we are in are evil. Check out this PowerPoint for life. How you spend your time is more important than how you spend your money. You understand time is a currency. Remember the old saying, time is money. Time is money. And I understand that. What they're really saying is, yes, it's important how you spend your money, but it's more important how you spend your time. I know parents who spend a lot of money on their kids, but they don't give their kids their most precious commodity, which is their time. For a little bit, my kids appreciate money. For a little bit. Some of them a little longer than others. But you know what they really appreciate? Is when I take a Saturday morning and block it off on my calendar and I put it on the calendar so they can see it. And I take one of them to Cracker Barrel or I take Ava to Starbucks or take one of them just to, to Awful House. I mean, Waffle House. I mean, just to... I did that for Tom. That's what Tom says. If you work at Waffle House, please don't, you know, please forgive us. That's right. Loaded or shredded or all the above. Amen. You know, it's more important than me. I could give them $500. Man, they'd be excited, celebrate. But you know what? Tomorrow they're going to forget that feeling. But when dad takes them out, daddy-daughter day like Pastor Michael did, or, or, or even with my wife, you know what? We'll get a babysitter and we'll go just have lunch and just spend time together. Because time is a very precious Commodity. Let's make our time for the Lord count. 
Let's give our time to our family, but let's give our time to the Lord. That's why John, Jesus said in John chapter 9, he said, Work the works of him who sent us while it is day. Because there's nighttime is coming when you can't work. We've got to make the most of every opportunity. Don't live in the past. Don't live in regret. You can't change it. But we can go forward in the name of the Lord. We can redeem our time. We can make the... How many of you would say, I don't mean this like scary, but how many of you would say maybe half of your life is already gone? How many would you say? My hands maybe I'm like a third of my life is maybe already. I'm, believe, I'm believing for 90, praise God. And I told my wife, Shane, let out, leave me. We're going to go together. Hold hands and just close our eyes and go together. Amen. But how many of you would say, honestly, probably realistically half my life is over? Make this next half the best half. Make the next half the best half. I know a sweet lady who's about 82 years old. And her husband passed away when she was in her 70s. And at 70 years old, the true story, she went back to nursing school. Now she's a single, she's a widow up in her 80s. She might be 84, 85. She went back to nursing school, got her degree as a 70-year-old woman. Now every single month she travels all over the world doing missions work in China, in India, Indonesia, Bangladesh, all the stands, the Kyrgyzstans, and so forth. Leads hundreds and hundreds of people to Jesus. And I could never go there, and I could never share, and I could never preach. She, she told the Lord, she said, if you will let me continue to live, I'll give you the rest of my life. And she has given the last 10 years of her life and made a huge difference for the Lord. Yeah, let's give God thanks. True story. Never too late. So let's give God our time that we have. And I like this one. Let's give God our talent and our skill. Carrie's going to really appreciate this one. Look at Exodus chapter 35. God gives you abilities and God gives you skills to do things for his kingdom. I'm going to read a passage before this one. Keep this one up. I'm going to read a few verses before. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have filled him with, his, with the Spirit of God and wisdom and understanding, and I've given him all kinds of craftsmanship. This man's name is Be- Bezele. I can't say it, but I feel like Meshach up here. I can't say it. Bezele. And so Bezele, God said, I've filled him with all wisdom and understanding. I've given him all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for the work of gold, silver, bronze, for the cutting of stones and settings, carving of wood, that he, may, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. God gave this man specific ability so he could build the furniture for the tabernacle, so he could work on the Ark of the Covenant. And then it says, Let every skillful man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. God gave these men a, an ability to carve stones and cut things and be a craftsman. And God gave them that ability so they would use it for him and use it for his Glory. That's why the Bible says in uh, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. do you see someone skilled in their work? They were served before kings. There's something you can do with the work of your hands. It's not just, I'm just crafty or I'm just handy or I'm just nifty. Find a way to use that for the glory of God. Let's give God our time. Let's give God our talents. And when you give God your talents, the Holy Spirit will settle in and there's an anointing to do what you're called to do. Now let's look at number five. We honor God with our words. We honor God with mercy and forgiveness. We sow into others with our time and our talent. We serve. And last one, we're going to land this plane. The, the fifth ground that we can sow generosity into is, is our treasure. Is our treasure. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. There is a huge connection between your heart and your treasure. If you show me your checkbook, I can show you where your heart is. Some of you who like to hunt, nothing wrong with that. I can look at your checkbook and see expenses, and I can tell their heart is for 
hunting. Some of you who really are in that engagement stage and in that young marriage stage and you're really courting a young woman or lady and I can see flowers here, I can see candies here, I can see where your heart is by where you spend your money. And there's also a principle in Scripture that you can send your treasure ahead of where you want your heart to be. Many people think, well, you know, if my heart is here, then I'll give. And that's backwards according to the Bible. You can actually send your treasure in advance where you want your heart to go. Let me show you in the Bible, Matthew 6, 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And that's not saying don't save. That's not saying don't be a good steward. It's talking in principle about treasures in heaven. We should save. We should be good stewards. We should, we should have. Uh, we, the Bible talks about those who withhold more than is justly due. We should withhold and make sure we have a, a rainy day fund and, and be smart and wise. But it says, Because moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Somebody say treasures in heaven. <laughs> Where moth and rust can't come. Steve's can't, thieves can't break. Or Steve's, either one. Thieves can't break in and steal. Look at verse 21. This is what I want you to see. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For years, people, pastors, stand up and go, well, where your heart is, there your treasure is. And that's not true. Where your treasure is, your heart will go. Let me know, we, we remodeled our house a few years ago, and it cost money. We invested money in kitchen cabinets. We invested money in, in, in flooring and so forth and so on. And I could have seen these kitchen cabinets in the showroom and had no attachment to them at all. It's just a kitchen cabinet. But now, because my treasure has been invested in those kitchen cabinets, I care deeply about those kitchen cabinets. Kids, watch out. What are you doing? Don't sign the door. Don't do, you know, now, now, now I care about those kitchen cabinets. I could see this pile of wood flooring in the middle of Home Depot, and, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all if it caught on fire. I don't care. Who cares? But when I paid for the pile of wood on the floor, I'm like, kids, don't scratch that. Don't do this. Put a custer here. Put a... You know, now my heart cares about the flooring. When I send my trip, when I put money in an engagement ring and I gave it to the lovely Miss Tara who said yes all these numbers of years ago, and I'm so thankful. When I had a heart for her. Yeah, bless her heart. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Carrie's last day sitting on the front row. <laughs> Ushers, I need reserved seating signs all the way up here. Bless her heart is actually true. <laughs> they all must know me. <laughs> what was I saying before Carrie interrupted me? I love Miss Tara and I had a vested interest in her, cared deeply about her, but when she was wearing, you know, that, that gold ring on her finger that cost out of my wallet. I mean, you know, I was a little more interested in where she was. I was a little more interested in who she's talking to. I was a little more interested in what's going on, keeping track. Because, you know, my treasure was there, so my heart follows after. If you, want, if you want your heart to go, if you feel like your heart is getting away from the Lord, sow money into his kingdom. Local church is a great way to do that. I'm not, it's not the only way. There's plenty of ways. But you can put your treasure where you want your heart to go. Look at this PowerPoint for life. This is so true. The gospel is free. The gospel's free, but the vehicle that carries the gospel is very expensive, is very costly. Gospel's free, but the vehicle that carries that gospel is very expensive. Now, this passage is, is, is telling us that our heart will follow our treasure, and our treasure reveals our heart, so they are divinely connected. God is not after your treasure. He's really after your heart, because if He can get your heart, He'll have all your treasure. I heard somebody say, well, I ain't giving my money to that church. Well, number one, it's not your money. Last time I checked, it's God's money. He owns everything. 
I'm a manager. I'm a steward of all that God has. It's, I like to say this is my wife and this is my kids and this is my house. But you know what? And I know we say that. But honestly, if we really believe it, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns everything. He lets me, he lets me generously keep maybe 90% of everything I make. He could take it all. He could say, I'll let you keep 1%. But he lets me keep 90% to bless and minister to my family. He only asked me to give 10 and so where my heart is, my treasure will be there also. So let me give you some ways here about sowing your treasure. Because we've talked about all these generous things about a generous life. Let me give you some trusted truths to sowing your treasure. This is just for Selena. Trusted truths to sowing your treasure. She is the biggest fan in the house of alliteration. That's why she's my favorite, frankly. I'm just telling you. Trusted truths to sowing your treasure. Number one, we honor God with our finances. We honor God with our finances. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. A way that I honor the Lord is by my actual physical finances. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. The whole thing, and we can debate tithing till the cows come home. Is it you know New Testament, Old Testament? If you are honestly, this is my summary on tithing. I, I do tithe. It's a good practice. We do it. Glad to do it. Honored to do it. But tithing is just a starting point. If you're having to fight over arriving at giving God 10%, God does not yet have your heart. I, I wish, I'll say this in a humble way, but I wish we only gave 10%. Just going to be honest with you. Maybe a lot, be a pay raise if we only gave 10%. Because when God gets your heart, the percentage doesn't matter. God gets your heart. He gets everything. And if the Lord needs it, He gets it. I want to share this number, and I debated this, but it's helpful because single uh, income family, stay-at-home mom. I looked at my very first W-2 back from in 2005, the first year we were married, and I was like, dear Jesus, how in the world? We, we were able to buy a house that year. I was like, how in the world did we do this? I mean, it was like, I, I was going through the taxes the other day and saw something from 2005. I added up, and this is, listen, this is not, I just, I want to prove a point. That when God gets your heart, He gets everything. Because I, I was shocked by this. I, I really didn't know this. And I told Tara, I said, you're not going to believe this. Since we've been married, as a family, I do not have a college degree. I do not have, a, 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 and that's great, that opens a lot of doors, but, but I do not have a college degree. She has not worked since 2007, maybe. And then she worked at like a daycare, like half a day a week. So it was like enough to buy lunch, you know, wasn't very much. One income, one family, you know, one family, no, no big college degree. We have given away since 2005 over $100,000. Over $100,000. Yeah. And I tell you that because, you know what? And I don't, I don't use that number. It's not like in one chunk. It's over, you know, 15 years or whatever. Here's the point I want to tell you. We've not really missed it. Could the 401k be a little bigger? Yeah. Could my car be a little newer? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Could she have nicer jewelry? Could I have nicer clothes? We all could agree. Yeah, probably. We've not missed, you know. And you know what? If I had to... Thank you, Carrie. You just got your seat back. Praise God. You redeemed yourself, my man. He said, I look good. I can be bought. I was in a very serious moment there. <laughs> Thank you. And I still am. 
And look, I, again, please don't listen. Don't, don't hear that number for any other thing except when I'm teaching on giving, it's not just so the church budget is better. It is for you. It is for your life. This is a life principle. If God can get it through you, He will really get it to you. And I'm telling you, I know a lot of preachers preach on money because they just want to pad the bank account. We're church doing fine. God's blessed us. Finances are good. Money's in the bank. No problem. No problem. We don't, we're, we're not having trouble paying the light bill. We sent $31,000 to missionaries last year. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm telling you, friends, listen, if you can invest your heart in the Lord, He'll get your treasure. I won't tell you which one, but one of my kids just gave a major sacrificial gift. It was such a blessing. We, we were like, you, you want to really pray about that? And kids said, no, no, I know what I want to do. And I won't tell you which one. It was Tate. It was Tate. He's three. It was Tate. <laughs> Been saving and saving and saving for something really special. God said, give it all away. He didn't tell me to t- We tried to talk him out of it. Just be honest with you. Little kids saving, saving, saving for something special. God said, give it all away. He loves generous people. He loves a generous heart. It's not about the treasure. It's about the heart. God's not after your money. He's after your heart. Look at 2 Corinthians 9. This, I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. Maybe. Maybe you've seen it. Remember a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But who who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide, verse 7, purpose in your heart. That means in the Greek to set aside beforehand. That's why we don't coerce you during the offering or you know put pressure on you. It's not a sales pitch. If you don't believe in what we're doing here, keep your money. I'm serious. Let God speak to you. We're not up here just to... You know, we've never sent the ushers back for a second round, you know. Well, we didn't get enough the first time, you know. <laughs> Could y'all go back again? Now, I have wanted to say reach into your neighbor's pocket and give like you've always wanted to give, you know. <laughs> That's so freeing. <laughs> but you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerful. Now, stay right there. Stay right here. You know, this verse bothered me. Because I can't earn or deserve God's love. I thought God loved everybody. Does anybody else think that way when you read scriptures? This verse has bothered me. Well, I thought John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. I, I didn't think God loved me more because I gave more. And then the Holy Spirit just said, why don't you just look up that word, love? It's a different meaning. It's a form of the word agape, but it's not agape. It's, it's agapeo. And this is what agapeo means. You ready? It means to be well-pleased or to welcome. It's a different word. Meaning, yeah, God loves us all. But when I give with a cheerful heart, not reluctantly, God is well-pleased. You know, you can love somebody and not be pleased with them. I mean, you know, Jesus loved Judas, but he wasn't very pleased with decisions Judas made. You understand? I love my kids, but I am not always well pleased with them. Any parents say amen? 
So yeah, this doesn't change God's eternal agape, unconditional love, but agape, agapeo means welcoming, means well-pleased, meaning there is something that happens in the realm of the heavens. There's something that happens in the eyes of my heavenly Father. When I give from my heart, I don't do it reluctantly. It's not about pressure. It's because God has my heart. What it does is that God says, I am well-pleased. Remember, God looked down at Jesus and said, this is my son in whom I'm well-pleased. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Look at verse 8. And God will generously provide all that you need. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a testimony that God will generously provide all that we need. All that we need. All that we need. Generously provide all that we need. And you will always have everything you need. You know what prosperity is? I'm so tired of... TV preachers preaching to you what prosperity is. I'm not against TV preachers, but this verse, Pastor Rick, tells me what prosperity is. This is so simple. You'll have everything you need. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Does that sound like blessed to be a blessing to anybody? So we're talking about treasure because we're really talking about the heart. Because I want you to live this verse. I want you to always have everything that you need. But you will not walk in that if God doesn't have your heart. And when your heart is with the Lord, your treasure will be there as well. This is for your benefit. I hope you're getting this today. Because I can't cry anymore, man. Y'all are messing up my mascara. Praise God. As the scriptures say, freely. Verse 9. Give generously to the poor. They share freely and give generously. Notice this here. This is a big deal. Are you ready for this? Good deeds will be remembered forever. People may forget. God has a very good memory. God doesn't forget. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, that's why he outlined it this way. He said, if I give all that I have to the poor, if I give my body to be burned, but yet I don't wrap it in the capsule of love, I have gained nothing. So number one, the trusted truth of sowing treasure, we honor God with our finances. Can you say amen? amen? Number two, we'll speed through these. We give to support Christian workers who carry out the mission of Christ. That's why we give. God needs our treasure. Brick and Tyler cannot do what they do on the campus if they don't have our treasure. Well... I like to counsel people when they get married. I'm like, well, do you have a job? Nope, we're going to live on love. Well, you're going you're gonna to live on love for about two weeks. And then love ain't going to feel so good anymore. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. I don't really need to write you about the ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Verse 2. For I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting about you to the churches in Macedonia that you were ready to send your offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm about giving that stirred up many to begin giving. We give to support Christian workers who carry out the mission of God. Look at 1 Timothy 5. I know you all have this one memorized. I know this is your absolute favorite scripture. You guys quote it every day. It says, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. Can I have an amen? It's from the staff pastors. Can I have an amen? Elder, I know this is y'all's favorite verse. You quote it every day. Elders who, who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Working hard at pre preaching and teaching is hard work when you do it effectively and under the Lord. 
takes time, takes effort. Galatians 6, 6, let him who receives instruction in the word share in all good things with his teacher, contributing to his support. This means that we use our treasure to help those who have been gifted to share the message. They're missionaries, pastors, leaders, and teachers. We use our treasure to make sure they can do what they need to do. And then number three, we'll close with this. Not only do we honor God with our finances, number two, we support Christian workers. Number three, and one of my favorites, is we give our treasure to meet physical needs, which opens the door to the spiritual. Say this with me. Say, touch a need, change a heart. The, the good deeds must always be accompanied by the good news. The reason we do good deeds is so that it opens the heart for the good news. Look at this PowerPoint for life. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People want to know that you care. And then they'll listen to what you know. The reason we're generous with our finances is because we meet physical needs. And that opens the heart. 1 John 3, 17. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Galatians 6.10. Whenever we have the opportunity. I love this, man. It doesn't say, well, I need to go pray about it. Look out. What's it say, church? Read it with me. Ready? Whenever we have the opportunity. Would you say that with me? Whenever we have the opportunity. Many times y'all will come to us or me or I'll meet somebody out in the street or something and there, there'll be a need and I don't go sit in my car for 30 minutes and pray about it. You know why? Because I have the opportunity. Yeah. It's already there. Yeah. Well, could you help me with gas? Well, let me go fast and pray about it for three weeks. That ain't going to do anybody any good. <laughs> They're going to be homeless and without a job by then if you take three weeks. Just help them. Just give them some gas. Because we have an opportunity. We should do good to everyone, especially those in the household of faith. Especially our own body. Because God cares about our heart. So let's invest in generosity in our life-giving words. Pull that one up, Jared. It has all of them there. Let's invest in our showing mercy and forgiveness. Let's invest in our serving. Let's invest in our time and our talents. And let's invest in our treasure. Amen? Amen. God is so good, so faithful. Let's pray. Lord, help us process what we've just heard, what we just learned, so we can adjust to generation. Lord, I, I don't believe we, we give to get. I believe we get to give. We get to be a generous life. Lord, let your people take from this series, this phrase, give your life away. Just give your life away. Be used by God. In Jesus' name. Everybody, if you would, just close your eyes for just a second. Nobody looking around. Just, I want to talk to you personally. I've been talking to everybody in the room, but now I just want to talk to you personally. The greatest gift ever given was the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says, whoever believes on him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. The greatest gift God ever gave was his own son to pay the penalty. The Bible says in Romans that we've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things wrong. But the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin are death, separation from a loving God. But the Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to know you can give your life to Jesus. He can change you from the inside out. He can give you a fresh start today. 
All your situation may not improve overnight. Everything may not be better overnight in the natural, but your heart will be changed. You, you will know that if you were to die tonight, that you would stand before God and He would let you into heaven, into His kingdom because of Jesus, not because of what you've done. You cannot be good enough to earn God's salvation. It's only through Jesus. He is the door. So let's all pray this together. If you, if you have never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to give you words, but I want you to put faith with those words. Put your heart behind it. Let's all say it out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for grace. Thank you for forgiveness and mercy. I ask you now to forgive me of my sin. I turn to you. Sin and Satan, I turn away from you. Lord Jesus, I turn to you. I believe you died and rose again to pay the price for my sins. Lord, I want a new relationship with you. Come live inside of my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I commit to serving you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, nobody looking around. Real quick, nobody looking around. If you say, Pastor James, wow, I've never really taken that step. I've heard about it, but today it was different. Today I meant it. First time or maybe... You're coming back to the Lord first time in a really, really, really long time. Could, could you make a public confession between me and you and God and say, pray for me, Pastor, as I walk this out? Anybody in the house, let me see your hand. Yeah, amen. We've got a brave brother in the house. Anybody else say, that's me. Come on, let's give God a big hand of praise this morning. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Well, I want to turn over to Pastor Michael to come and uh, dismiss us. Leaders, don't forget. We've got our lunch. If we could get a few guys to help set up some tables and chairs, that would be uh, wonderful. And uh, we sure love you. Say this when we say it out loud. Say, God loves me just as if I'm the only person in the world to love. He sure does. Amen. Come on, Pastor Michael. Dismiss. Amen. How many of you guys were encouraged and challenged this morning? I know I was. You know, what we've been given, we've been given so that we can impact those around us. So this week, I encourage you, look for the opportunities. That's what I heard. Look for the opportunities. God's not going to overwhelm us with the opportunities, but we're going to have that chance to do good and to bless those around us. So go, and as you go, bless someone on your way out the door, and I pray you have a good week until we come back again.